This is View. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Today, Pope Francis has consecrated Russia to Mary. The heart of Mary, the immaculate heart of Mary. What perhaps he doesn't realize is that Pope John Paul II did the same thing already many years ago. As we report in the book, King of the Mountain, the eternal epic and end time battle. So today on Viewpoint, we take a look at what's happening. Apparently, the Immaculate Heart of Mary did not prevent or intercede with regard to Russia attacking Ukraine. But why did it have anything to do with Mary in the first place? We find nothing in the Bible whatsoever, by the way, that uses Mary as an intercessor for the world's problems. We're not called to go to Mary and plead causes in Mary's name, but in Jesus' name. But aside from that, Archbishop Vigano says the war is a trap, a trap set for both Russia and Ukraine by globalists, and he's absolutely right. That's what this is all about, and quite frankly, we've talked about it over and over again, but today we hear from different voices. Archbishop Vigano says the Russian-Ukrainian war was orchestrated by a globalist cabal, which includes the World Economic Forum, George Soros, Team Biden, NATO, and the United Nations, working to install a new world order. That's what he wrote. He also wrote, we must clearly recognize and denounce the coup d'etat of the deep state worldwide. Now, what does he mean by the deep state worldwide? He's talking about those who consider themselves to be the wisest, the greatest, the only ones who can really determine what needs to happen in the world, i.e. folks like George Soros, Team Biden, the heads of NATO, the United Nations, and yes, even Bill Gates. These are the people, friends, who think that they have the great wisdom of the world and of history to tell the rest of the world what to do. But Vigano says there is great risk that this crisis will serve to cover up Biden's crimes, those of his son Hunter, the China virus pseudo-pandemic, the Durham investigation, the 2020 electoral fraud, as well as jeopardizing the midterm elections in the United States. But that's not his real concern. He says, with the world on the brink of World War III, thanks in great part to Klaus Schwab, George Soros, and Team Biden, we realize that respect for each other's rights has been completely ignored, Spe specifically speaking concerning nations like Ukraine and Russia, or any other nations, quite frankly. He said, indeed, we have the impression that the Biden administration 
NATO and the European Union deliberately want to maintain a situation of obvious imbalance precisely to make impossible any attempt at a peaceful resolution of the Ukrainian crisis, thus provoking the Russian Federation to trigger a conflict. He said, this is the trap that's set for both Russia and Ukraine, using both of them to enable the globalist elite to carry out their criminal plan. We'll talk more about that in just a moment, but welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And what we're experiencing now is indeed, shall we say, the beginning of tribulation. In fact, one writer, I have an article in front of me by Jan Markel saying, Tribulation rising. The globalists need a war. She's right in that regard. Regardless of whatever else she says, she's right. The globalists need a war. And that's exactly what they've orchestrated here. Purposely. In order to achieve an agenda that the world, the rest of the world, did not comprehend. It's a big deal. And so, again, I welcome you to Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny. There are no neutral viewpoints, as you well know, if you've been listening to this program long, long, and you know that your viewpoints are not neutral. No matter how small our viewpoints, they have effect on our lives. It's like dropping a pebble in a pond and watching the echoing concentric circles of the ripples from the from the pebble echo out until they reach their finest desti- final destination at the edge of the pond. The same thing is happening geopolitically and spiritually. What's really behind all of this is not just geopolitics, but it's a spiritual motivation in the hearts of these leaders that is rooted in the commitment and conviction that the only way to survive in the world is for us to gather together in a new resurrecting Tower of Babel to save ourselves and become our own saviors, our own Messiah, and therein lies the problem. Because if we become our own saviors and our own Messiah, we need not a Messiah. We don't need Jesus, we don't need God, we don't need anything but ourselves. And if you, in case you don't believe it, Every religion in the world today, except Christianity, believes that. In some way, believes that. You become your own savior, either through good works or through some other uh, mechanism. It all comes back to you. Therefore, you don't need a savior. Now, that makes things very difficult out there in these troubling times, doesn't it? Because if you don't believe you need a Savior, and if indeed a Savior is coming, he's not coming for you to save you. He's coming for you to judge you. He came once to save the world, and he's coming again to judge the world in righteousness. So therein lies the problem. In the meantime, The world is moving inexorably toward the establishment of this rebuilt spiritual tower of Babel in the form of a new world order, new global government, 
the completion of every effort throughout history to build such a unified uh, control mechanism over the hearts of men. You can think back to the days of uh, Constantine, or you can think back to the days of Charlemagne. I write about this in King of the Mountain, the eternal epic and end-time battle, talking about this this uh, echoing effort throughout history. First it was with the... Uh, the Babylonians, and then it was with, and and then the Egyptians, and then the uh, Persians, and then Alexander the Great and Hellenists, and then Rome, and then the prophet Daniel says that the final great empire will also be Rome, just as it existed at the birth of Christ, so it will exist in its final tyrannical expression as Christ returns. That's the bigger picture, friends. Now let's see where it's going today. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. We go again, return to the statements written by the uh, Archbishop Vigiano, where he says war is a trap set for both Russia and Ukraine by leading globalists. He says the New World Order oligarchy shows its tentacles in the UN, NATO, the World Economic Forum, the European Union, and in such philanthropic institutions such as George Soros Open Society and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. All these entities are private, and at the same time they have the power through vast wealth to influence national governments. And they admit it. They admit it themselves. Thus, those who hold power in the name of the people find themselves trampling on the people's will and restricting their rights in order to be obedient like courtiers to masters whom nobody has elected, but who nevertheless dictate their political and economic agenda to the nations. So the archbishop concludes there is great concern for the destinies of the peoples of the world as in the ha- that is in the hands of an elite that is not accountable to anyone for its decisions that does not recognize any authority above itself, and that in order to pursue its own interests does not hesitate to jeopardize security, the economy, and the very lives of billions. So he concludes, saying, I earnestly hope that my appeal for the establishment of an anti-globalist alliance that unites the peoples of the world in opposition against this tyranny of the New World Order will be accepted and... May my words, along with those of many intellectually honest people, contribute to bringing to light the complicity and corruption of those who use lies and fraud to justify their 
crimes. Well, the Archbishop, unfortunately, is correct. He is correct. Here's what he's not correct in. This is going to happen. And it's going to continue to happen, notwithstanding his pleas or anyone else's pleas. And here's the reason it's going to continue to happen. Because God declared it was going to happen. This is exactly, my friends, how the final events of global prophecy world, the word, the uh, the truth of God is being fulfilled. The prophetic words echoed all the way from uh, Daniel on down through Christ and the uh, the apostles. This is how it is playing out right before our eyes. Now, it's interesting because Vigano is not the only one who says, you know, this, this wasn't right. This is, this wasn't, shouldn't have happened. As much as you might have hated Russia, and of course the United States has been set, uh, to hate Russia for a very long time, ever since Khrushchev back in the 1960s and the Bay of Pig invasion, uh, basically declared that, uh, Russia is going to overtake the West and overtake America. We aren't even going to have to fire a rocket. You'll destroy yourself from within. Well, in many respects, that's exactly what we're doing, morally or immorally, through debauchery, rejecting the word of God, rejecting the authority of the creator in our lives, in our government, in our decisions. We have actually been in the process of a full court press to destroy our own country from within. Now, that having been said, we want to take a look at what experts had been saying about Russia, Ukraine, and NATO. I don't know if you've been hearing any of this, but uh, let me share this with you. Although the beginning of the hostilities between Russia and Ukraine came as a surprise to the whole world, the current state of affairs was not unpredictable. In fact, international relations experts have been warning about the risk of the escalation like this for, for at least 30 years. So why didn't politicians in the West listen to their advice? Now, that is a good question. It's a rhetorical question, but it does require an answer. The problem is nobody wants to answer it honestly. Because there's always a reason, a justification, always something, some rationale that we can come up with. But the reality is the reason, the ultimate reason why the politicians in the West didn't listen to their advice is because they were intent on establishing a one-world government. And they were going to use Ukraine and Russia as the means to accomplish it. They had to have a war. In 1997... 50 prominent foreign policy experts, including former senators, military leaders, and diplomats, sent an open letter to then-President Bill Clinton outlining their opposition to NATO expansion. They said it is a policy error of historic proportions. Now, that's that's a historic statement. It is a policy error of historic proportions. 
So why is it that Bill Clinton and his administration would not listen? It's very simple. Are you listening? Bill Clinton was a consummate globalist, as is his wife, Hillary. That's the reason why the 41st president, a Republican, George Herbert Walker Bush, voted for Hillary Clinton. Because he and the entire Bush family are consummate globalists. And when you have that globalist viewpoint, that's how you act. Now, Bill Clinton's globalism goes even deeper. Bill Clinton actually was a Rhodes Scholar. Cecil Rhodes was actually at the very formation of globalism and a new world order. And so when he brought so-called Rhodes scholars, people, young people, young men that he thought might make a difference and could be used to advance the cause of globalism, he brought them into this Rhodes scholarship to prepare and train them for globalism. Did you know that? Well, you do now. Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton, consummate, dedicated globalists. So this warning by 50 prominent leaders that such a policy to expand NATO into Ukraine would be an error of historic proportions. Now, why would it be an error of historic proportions? We'll find out. Political commentator Pat Buchanan wrote in his 1999 book, A Republic, Not an Empire, stating, by moving NATO onto Russia's front porch... We have scheduled a 21st century confrontation. Is this the 21st century, friend? Exactly. It is the 21st century. So this is exactly what Pat Buchanan warned about in 1999. By moving NATO onto Russia's front porch, it was a clear, unadulterated assault on Russia and its perceived integrity. Then the current director of the CIA, William Burns, said in 2008 that for Russia, quote, Ukraine's accession to NATO is the brightest of all red lines, unquote. He said, I have not yet found anyone who would consider Ukraine in NATO as something other than a direct challenge to Russia's interests. Now, can we understand, can we understand why, whether you like Vladimir Putin or not, whether you like Russia or not, that's not the point. The point is we have actually poked the bear intentionally, to provoke the bear to do exactly what the globalists wanted the bear to do, attack. They didn't really care about Ukraine, not really. 
oh, there's a lot of whining and crying about what's happening with the Ukrainian people that are just incidental, uh, not from my viewpoint, but from the globalist viewpoint, they're a small cost to bear to accomplish globalism and a one-world order. I think that's pretty well put. In other words, we have to have a war. Now, that idea, what I'm describing to you, is most clearly confirmed in an interview with the advisor to the head of the office of the president of Ukraine in in, in 2019, just three years ago. He not only accurately predicted the year the war would break out in his country and the reasons behind it, but he also asserted that conflict was inevitable, indicating that it was necessary for Ukraine. Here's what he said. With a 99.9% probability, our price of joining NATO is a big war with Russia. The optimal outcome is a major war with Russia and a transition to NATO based on the results of victory over Russia. I'll bet you haven't heard that one, but you have now. You see, here on Viewpoint, we're not here to regurgitate what everybody else is saying. We're here to uncover the foundational motivational issues as it relates to uh, the scriptures, as it relates to biblical prophecy, as it relates to you and I in understanding the dynamics of what is taking place so that we are not deceived by what's going on. And the majority of the Western world is profoundly deceived. Many of the leaders are deceived, but not the globalist leaders. Oh, no. They need a war. And they knew they needed a war in order to achieve their globalist agenda. So what has happened as a result of that? It's very simple. NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, 30 nations have come together in a way unprecedented. Yes, they had a legal obligation to to, uh, to support one another in case of a war with Russia. But now, they are united in a way, they have been cemented together by the gorilla glue of the war of Russia against Ukraine. Whether or not Ukraine ever makes it into NATO is not even relevant. It was used as a means for accomplish a much greater goal. And that was to trigger the uniting of the Western world, which is the resurrected and resurrecting ancient Roman Empire. In order to set up the final global government out of which a counterfeit Christ figure would emerge to rule and reign over the beast empire. This Western 
world empire is the beast empire. And we have not yet seen the fullness of it. But when you do, it will not look like democracy. It will be terrifying. It will trample on the rights of men and women, and particularly those who embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and also on the Jewish people. It will lead to the, shall we say, the ultimate tragedy of human history. The complete and unadulterated attack on all Christians and Jews for their uh, eradication, annihilation from the planet. Because they will be deemed to be the ultimate enemies of world peace under the new world order. That's where it's heading. Now we look at some of the details when we get back. Stay tuned, my dear friends. This is Viewpoint. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived Save Ministries website at saveus.org. Will the Ukrainian crisis turn nuclear at some point? I don't know. Neither do you. Neither does anyone, really. On the other hand, talk of that is now coming out from Russia. Vladimir Putin's press secretary told Christiana Armanpour on CNN that his nation will use nuclear weapons if faced with an existential threat. The warning from Igor uh, Korachenko on Russian TV claimed the West will never lift the sanctions. This is war. What should be our reaction? Tactical nuclear weapons. So will the Ukraine crisis turn nuclear at some point? We don't know. Is this just uh, barnyard a barnyard spitting contest where uh, the contestants... An antagonist just uh, launch these uh, attacks, verbal attacks, back and forth? Or is there any substance to it? Well, we really don't know. It would be terrifying to the world. It wouldn't go well for Russia. It wouldn't go well for anyone. But it could happen. And where would the attack take place? Would it take place against Ukraine? I don't think so. Would it take place against uh, Germany? I don't think so. Would it take place against Canada, 
No, I don't think so. It's too liberal. So where might it take place? Maybe against America. I mean, after all, we're the one uniting all of these uh, nations in NATO uh, to come about and create all these sanctions, aren't we? I'm not saying that there's going to be a nuclear attack on the United States of America. What I am saying is, it's probably the most likely place. Now, why should we even talk about this? Why should Christians be concerned about this? Is it just fascination? No, it's not just fascination. We talk about it because we want to clearly understand our times, and we want to be able to prepare ourselves and our families and those we love within our spheres of influence to be ready for the ultimate moments of history. We should be doing this anyway, regardless. We should have been doing this for years. We should have been doing this our whole lifetimes, preparing our kids. Not expecting the school teacher to do it. Not expecting the pastor to do it or the youth leader or some club. Parents, moms, and dads should have been clearly and intentionally preparing their children for times like these. My wife and I certainly have. My wife and I received a picture from one of our daughters uh, celebrating Father's Day three years ago. And there in that picture, it was a picture taken 40 years ago. As I was sitting on uh, the stairs in a, a, a rental house where we were then living when I was going to law school and also teaching, and... My, my wife must have taken the picture uh, as I was going about what I did every single night. And that was sharing the word of God with my three young daughters and praying over them specifically concerning their lives. And the picture shows me with my hands on their heads, their three heads, and these young girls ages about three to, say, seven or maybe eight, kneel down, and I'm praying over them. After I have shared the word with them in ways that would be applicable to teach them, to disciple them, to prepare their lives. It's, a, it's an incredible picture. It just grips my heart when I see it. But that was, that has been what we've done. But this is what every man, every father should have been doing. I was a lawyer. I was also teaching school. Going to law school, busy, busy, busy as the day is long. Putting my wife through college at the same time. But the most important thing is to raise up sons and daughters to do the will of God in times like these. I want to encourage men right now. I didn't intend to do this, but men, 
is it's a passion on my heart. I believe it's on God's heart because it's this it's the next to last warning that God gives to the planet before the second coming of Christ. It is the very last verse of the book of Malachi, which is the last chapter and the last book in the Old Testament before 400 years of prophetic silence and the first coming of Christ. And here's what he said. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's not the first coming. That's the second coming. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord, when he comes to judge the earth in righteousness, I will send forth the spirit of Elijah the prophet to call the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Why? Because the earth is falling apart. Fathers are not doing their job. The family is falling apart. All the foundations of the earth are collapsing from God's viewpoint. And God said, I'm going to make one last plea to the men. I establish you to be the head of the home. I establish you to uh, to stand in the gap for your families, your children and your grandchildren, and I expect you to do it. I'm going to judge you accordingly. So get with it. Don't just take your kids to church. You train them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Get into the Word of God. Apply it to them every single day. Stop playing that you're so busy. This is your ultimate job. This is the job you're going to be most judged by. Did I disciple my family? Did I lift up the word, the will, and the ways of God to my children and grandchildren and display it as best I could as an imperfect man for God's glory? So when the push would come on, when the troubles would come, they would be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. And it's precisely because of that spiritual motivation that I wrote the book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. Do you really want to leave a legacy that lasts, my friend? I'm not talking about money. God's not concerned about the money. He's not concerned about all your stuff. He's concerned about whether you fulfilled his will to leave a spiritual legacy with your kids and grandkids. That's the only thing that's going to last. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So, the book is an inspirational book to help men, fathers, grandfathers, who either don't know how to get about things or need some further prodding, some further information, inspiration, or a vision to be cast. That's what the book is about. It's not like other books about fathering. It's a book about fathering from God's perspective. Remember, we do call him father for a reason. The book is a 20... $3 book. It's yours for $20 on our website. It's a hardbound book, by the way. You'll be inspired. You'll be encouraged, maybe provoked. That's good. 
We're supposed to provoke one another to love and good works, aren't we? Get a copy of the book. Don't wait. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Hearts of the Fathers. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Some of you have tried to call over the last several days, and I've been unable to do so because our Verizon lines, for some reason, were down. But they're back up. 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check and $5 for postage and handling. Now... The NATO secretary today said an alliance to bolster ranks, an alliance to bolster ranks in Eastern Europe to deter Russia is being formed and must be formed. He said, I expect leaders will agree to strengthen NATO's posture in all domains with major increases in the eastern part of the alliance, in other words, on the border of Russia, in the air and at sea. He said that ahead of the NATO leaders' summit on Wednesday. He said Russia's actions have become the new normal for our security, and NATO has to respond to that new reality. The reality, friends, is the desire to establish the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, merging it with the EU and with the Mediterranean Union to form the resurrected Roman Empire as a one-world government. That's what it's really about. In fact, when... Nicolas Sarkozy was head of the EU. He moved to form the Mediterranean Union. It was said that he, in establishing that, was actually resurrecting Rome. Mm Mm-hmm. What we're saying here is not being made up. This is the bigger picture. This is the prophetic picture, and it's happening right in front of your eyes, right now. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church.
The deputy chairman of the Russian Security Council, Dmitry Medvedev, has explained why he believes, quote, the unipolar world has come to an end, unquote. And he weighed the odds of the European Union abandoning Russian gas. What he said was, Americans are no longer the masters of planet Earth. Now, to a certain extent, he's right. You know who the new master is? The world government and its agency. This is the reason why Joe Biden, friends, is seeking to find every conceivable way to have our country and its citizenship invaded from other countries. This year, we're on track for 2 million coming from below the border. 2 million. Unprecedented, by far. Now we're going to bring in 100,000 Ukrainians. And who knows how many others are coming in. And he's doing it intentionally. And as we speak... He is about to lift one of the major restrictions that uh, Donald Trump put in place to prevent people from flooding over the border. And the people south of the border know this, and they are congregating by the hundreds of thousands on the other side of the border, ready to flood in at the precise moment when that particular rule ceases. And Joe Biden has ordered the Border Patrol to let them all in. Why? Because he's not concerned about the United States of America as a sovereign nation. It's about getting rid of national sovereignty, friends, and submitting national sovereignty to a new one world order, a global sovereignty a new system of laws, a new system of economics and economy. Everything will change. As Klaus Schwab says, you will own nothing by 2030, and you'll be happy about it. That's what he said. It's hard for us to get our minds and hearts around the intentionality of these global leaders, but this is precisely what Archbishop Vignano was talking about. He's right. The Pope can do all he wants to concentrate, uh, consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But it does nothing to change biblical prophecy. John Paul II did the same thing decades ago. And Pope Francis is one of the chief supporters and encouragers of this new global world order. By his own words. It is conceived, friends, as the salvation of the world. Pope Francis has actually said that. We read it here on this program, I believe it was earlier this week. Now, let me share a few other consequential things 
that are related to what is happening with Russia and Ukraine and why it's significant. The Polish Prime Minister declared, I think it was yesterday, and named three EU countries that won't stop trade relations with Russia. Who are they? The first is Germany, then Austria, and Hungary. For one thing, I remember when the Hungarians were run over by the Russians back in the 1950s when I was about 10 years of age. And it horrified me to hear the reports on the radio. What happened? I've never forgotten it. But Germany and Austria, oh, oh yeah, they rely upon Russian oil and gas for 70% of their energy. No wonder they don't want to stop trade relations with Russia. There are reasons, friends, for these things. The president and the CEO of state-owned Qatar Energy noted that from 30 to 40% of the total volume of gas supplied to the world market comes from Russia. 30 to 40% of the total volume of gas supplied to the world market comes from Russia. So Russia has the world over a barrel, so to speak. And over 40% of the EU's gas imports come from Russia. And 70% of the, of Germany's energy comes from Russia. They don't want to cut off imports from Russia. Well, this has put Joe Biden and the whole uh, climate control thing into a tizzy. Because the United States is the only other country in the so-called free world that has the ability to supply that which otherwise must come from Russia. But Joe Biden has already determined when he first took office, he was going to cut off all of that ability, which he did. Now we're behind about two years in our ability to respond. And Joe Biden created the problem. And those who support him, the hyper-liberal, woke folk of the Democrat Party, are driving him to continue his restrictions of drilling and fracking and so on. What effect do you think that will have on Russia's ability to talk Turkey to the United States and the rest of the world, or at least the so-called free world? Then, Germany calls for the EU energy emergency plan. Russian President Vladimir Putin announced on Wednesday that Moscow will now only accept payment for its natural gas exports to unfriendly countries in rubles. Well, who are the unfriendly countries? Those who have been part of the Western nations agreeing to freeze Russian assets. And he says they've destroyed all confidence in their currencies. Therefore, they must pay for their 
Oil and gas in rubles. The EU is heavily reliant on Russian hydrocarbons. Around 90% of the gas used in the EU is imported, according to the European Commission, and Russia provided roughly 45% of those imports last year. Germany, friends, is up to its eyeballs in this mess and can't extricate itself. I wonder if that might be the reason why, in Ezekiel chapter 38, in preparing for the Gog and Magog War, in the latter days, when Gog and Magog and the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, which I believe is Russia, Rus, and the Scythians, will gather together a group of many nations, including Iran, Persia, Libya, Tagarma, I believe Turkey, and Germany, and many other nations with them, probably those of the southern, former southern republics of the Soviet Union, to attack Israel, to take a spoil. At a time when Israel is in relative peace and living in unwalled villages. You should read about it. Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, God is going to deal with that, those, that, those nations. And he's going to destroy five-sixths of their armies on the mountains of Israel. God's going to do that. And it might just happen sooner than later. Because the Bible says that there is going to take seven months for the bodies of the dead to be buried, but it's going to be seven years for all of their military equipment and so on to be used as uh, energy, converted to energy. Seven years. Hmm. I wonder where that number comes from and where it fits. Perhaps something worthy to think about. Now, in addition to that, the cost of lithium, a metal used to make electric car batteries now, is up nearly 500% since last year. What do you think that's going to do, friends, to the so-called electric car movement? And if it's coming from Russia... Hmm. You mean the ability of the Western world that is trying to outlaw gasoline engines in favor of battery vehicles, including our military that have decreed, the U.S. military, Defense Department has decreed, it's converting all of its military uh, vehicles that are not directly involved in combat to electric power, and if they have to get the lithium for these from Russia, hmm, that's an interesting predicament, isn't it? 
It all of these things show also why Russia just might be forced into a position to gather these other nations together to attack Israel in the latter days because Israel apparently is going to have an amazing, divinely distributed and displayed discovery of oil. Already got the gas. That threatened Russia terribly when Israel became independent of Russian gas and was able to export it to uh, for a period of 70 years now. That kind of reserves. But what if, through some divine fracking, a big earthquake there in Israel, that, by the way, they're preparing for, because they're overdue, that suddenly the oil that uh, petrogeologists know is under the Israeli soil will suddenly be released, and that without reservation, to dramatically shape the world economy and the geopolitics of the world. Now, why would all this be important to understand? It's information. One could just say, oh, wow, that's fascinating information. Yes, it is, but it's more than that. What it's telling us is we are on the cusp of the very end of the age, which means that the cry that John the Baptist gave before the first coming of Christ Christ should be heeded today even the more so to make straight paths for your feet and prepare the way of the Lord. This is the massive time, friends, for repentance. To go before God in unmitigated humility and cry out, Lord, create in me a pure heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. And if so, help me to see it clearly. To repent, to turn from it, and to begin to live a life of holiness and righteousness without which no man will see the Lord. Thanks for joining us. Get a copy of the book, uh, King of the Mountain. I think it'll be inspiring to you. Also, uh, Hearts of the Fathers, right there on our website, saveus.org. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America.